Adam Crowley Show. I mean, I cannot believe the kind of nonsense that I am hearing right now. On ESPN Pittsburgh, 970 AM and 106.3 FM. Why, Randy Feekner, new offensive coordinator for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's also going to remain the quarterback's coach. Kind of an iHeart move there, right? One dude doing two people's jobs? Should I have said that? Joe, should I have said that? I should have said that. Joe might be the next producer of the DVE Morning Show. Should I have said that? We're going to put that bug in their ear. I'd like to keep Joe. If he produces DVE, I'd like him to still produce us, but that's a lot to ask of a young man. We'll see what happens. Randy Slack now gone. He'll join us again tomorrow from 6 o'clock until 7. Bud Light happy hour. It might be the last Bud Light happy hour of the winter. Probably should check on that, too. I'm really on top of my P's and Q's today. Really got everything all set up, all planned out. Actually, this is probably the least amount of work that I've ever done for a radio show. It just wound up being one of those days. I know. I'm sorry. Transparency, though, number one virtue of the Crowley Show. And the deal is, supposed to get Peduto. So I've been putzing around the office since noon because they said they were going to give him to me and we're going to tape it. And it didn't happen. So now we wait. We wait. We wait. And whilst we waited, I ate food, talked to Katie. Joe came in. We started to bit some stuff out. You working on that Trump thing, Joe? And then Brian comes in all sick, and we're all probably going to die of influenza because of this jabroni. So I just didn't get around to the show prep. So Slack comes in, and I say, all right, Slack, let's do this thing. And he was kind enough to stick around for an hour. Joe, what the hell are you doing? I'm not prepared. Now I'm distracted. Oh, for the love of God. It's like me taking a test in middle school. Sit next to your buddy. You don't know the answers. You don't know what you're going to do, and yet you're still distracted. Taking the headphones off. Unplugged! What are you going to do now, baby? I suppose he could play anything, and I would have no idea if there's something going on in the background. My headphones are off now. Well, they're unplugged. That's right. You can't distract me. You can't stop me. You're listening to it. Oh, boy. I'm curious. Oh, Uptown Girls! All right! Okay, now it's off. Who the hell is Ben Roethlisberger going to bitch about now? It's a big question to me. I don't think for a second that there's a doubt that Ben Roethlisberger forced Todd Haley out of here. Todd Haley's contract was expiring. Ben Roethlisberger said the last offseason that maybe it's time to turn things in. Perhaps it's time to be done. Perhaps it's time to stop playing football and get on with his life's work, to quote Chuck Knoll. I think the reason he did this is because it's Todd Haley. He does not like Todd or doesn't like the working environment. And I know from a very good source that Ben Roethlisberger got dressed down by Todd Haley at the end of the season last year after the Patriots game. Todd Haley ripped the quarterback a new one. And that doesn't happen to franchise guys. 
that doesn't happen to quarterbacks who have won multiple championships. Ben Roethlisberger is not used to being told what to do by anybody and certainly not yelled at that way by the offensive coordinator. So Ben Roethlisberger says, uh, I'm done, unless Todd's done. Bam. It gets done. Randy Feekner comes in. Randy, good buddies with Ben Roethlisberger. In fact, sources tell me that he was brought onto the field this year to be a buffer between Ben Roethlisberger and Todd Haley. That means that they've got a good relationship. So the next time Ben Roethlisberger throws an interception, the next time Ben Roethlisberger screws up, who's he going to blame? Is he going to blame his buddy Randy Feetner? Is he going to blame the head coach? Or is he going to blame himself? There have been times where Ben Roethlisberger following a game has said, that's on me. In fact, he did so after this last game. That's on me. I got to be better. I made the mistakes. I threw the turnovers. But on the fourth down play that was so widely scrutinized, that toss to the right, Ben Roethlisberger said, oh, I didn't call that play. Yet, he says he called the play that he threw it to Juju. Juju dropped the ball and there was a hold. That one he could explain away. It's not the fault of Ben Roethlisberger. It's the fault of Juju. It's the fault of the referees. So Ben Roethlisberger is going to be at a crossroads when at the beginning of next year, in the first game, which is probably going to be against the world champion New England Patriots, he's going to make a mistake and he's going to say, uh, 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 and his head's going to explode. But it's not just about Ben himself. It's about the fans. What are the fans going to do? Who are they going to criticize? Are they actually going to go after the quarterback? Do you feel comfortable going after the quarterback? 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Because I don't believe you do. Uh, I believe that, well, Ben Roethlisberger uses Todd Haley as a meat shield... You do the same thing. You use Todd Haley as a scapegoat. Ben Roethlisberger uses Todd Haley as the person who's going to take a bullet for the president. Todd Haley is the guy that gets blamed for everything. And Ben Roethlisberger, this Hall of Fame quarterback, is the guy who doesn't get blamed for anything. And I'm wondering if you are going to be comfortable criticizing Ben. It can't always be the offensive coordinator's fault. Because when Haley was here, Bruce Arians, oh my God, we miss Bruce, we love Bruce, where's Bruce, he was so much better. The numbers would say, no, that's not the case. Well, before that, with the other offensive coordinators, they always got blamed. It's always the OC, it's never the quarterback. Well, are you going to blame this guy too? What is this, the fifth offensive coordinator that Ben Roethlisberger is going to have worked with? You're going to tell me that you're going to criticize him? If the same mistakes are being made under every single coordinator, that has to fall on the quarterback. I'm not saying the quarterback necessarily deserves any criticism, but when he does deserve criticism, will you be willing to throw it in his direction? Because all y'all are very comfortable throwing Mike Tomlin under the bus. All y'all are very comfortable throwing Todd Haley under the bus. All y'all are very comfortable throwing Keith Butler under the bus. And you'll throw any other player under the bus. But Ben Roethlisberger seems to be Teflon. Ben Roethlisberger seems to be bulletproof. Why? Why is that the case? 
Is it because it's easier to go after the offensive coordinator who's never played a down of football in his life? Probably. It's always easier to go after the play call because you play Madden. You know what the offense is, quote-unquote, supposed to be trying to do. I think that that is far too often what happens. Coordinator gets blamed, quarterback doesn't get anything. It's probably like that around the National Football League. But now that Ben Roethlisberger is responsible for having this coordinator let go, it's time for Roethlisberger to pick up some responsibility now when the criticism starts flying. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. How about Amazon? Narrowing it down to 20 cities. Pittsburgh on the list. There's like three from right outside of Washington, D.C. He just put D.C. down. There's like Northern Virginia. There's Southern Virginia. There's D.C. F that. There's like 18 towns then that are really up for this. And here's my question. I was going to ask Bill Peduto. I suppose we're not going to get him today on the show. Would have been nice to know. Tell me that you're not coming on. It's not him that I blame. It's the communications department. That's who I'm pissed at. I mean, if he's not coming, just tell me. Planning on having the mayor of Pittsburgh. But the question I was going to ask him is, when they narrowed it down, why are you narrowing it down to 20? Why don't you just pick? I mean, are we learning something else about these cities that we didn't know before? Like, is Pittsburgh going to make all kinds of asinine promises? Is this going to be like FIFA? Like Qatar being like, oh, yes, come here. I don't want to do the voice. That's probably a bad idea. Come to Qatar. We got oil. We got money. Come on by. Is that what it's going to be like? Is Bill Peduto making promises? Is the city of Pittsburgh paying off Amazon? Why do you narrow it down to 20 cities? I don't understand. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. This Brady thing's pretty interesting to me. It would only be more interesting if it were the Steelers that they were playing this week and James Harrison's the guy that Brady busted his hand off of. I don't believe that the latter is what happened. But whoever it is, we're going to find him like dead in a ditch somewhere. Can you imagine if Brady doesn't play? The Steelers already squandered an incredible opportunity to get to the AFC Championship game. And if Tom Brady is hurt to the point where it affects his playing ability or he's hurt so bad he doesn't play, oh my God. All you had to do was beat Blake Bortles and Brian Hoyer to get to the Super Bowl. And the Steelers wouldn't have done it. After all the talk about whether or not the Steelers could beat New England with Tom Brady, they might not have had to beat New England with Tom Brady. And wouldn't that just be a swift kick in the jimmies, in the Garoppolo's? And how stupid does that look on them, the New England Patriots, if they fail to win the championship because they don't have an adequate backup? Have you seen the way that Garoppolo's performed? You see what Garoppolo did with the 49ers? If Garoppolo was the backup, the New England Patriots still could have won the championship. Now he's gone. They're not winning it with Brian Hoyer. I will bet Brady plays, but we shall see. Mohan Sabramian tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. Ben doesn't get blamed. Don't skip your meds ever again. Ben gets some slack because he dodges the behemoths and takes hits and makes the passes. Yeah, dude, Ben is way down on the list of criticism. In every other town in America, 
the starting quarterback always gets the blame. The coordinators get thrown in there too, but the quarterback gets a lot of blame. In this town, Ben doesn't get that much blame. I don't think so. Jonathan tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. When the Patriots pick up Haley to replace Josh McDaniels, people around here are going to explode. My God. That would make for another glorious day here on the Crowley Show. Up next, my man Jerry Dulac. Keep it right here. I've never said that before. Keep it right here. But please do. DSP at Pittsburgh. The mayor of Pittsburgh skipping out on the show today, as is Bill Peduto, because we're not getting Jerry Dulac on. It's a bad joke. Waiting for Jerry. Didn't get Peduto. I'm 0 for 2. I already didn't have enough prepared. This is turning into a very bad day. Usually I've got Brian here as my crutch, but Brian is sick, so he's not around. I'm not hearing myself. Are you hearing me, Katie? Am I potted up? Oh, no. Oh, no. It's one of those days for everybody now. I've just been talking for the last 30 seconds. And my microphone wasn't potted up by Joe. People heard me? Yeah, you just couldn't hear yourself. I had to check in. There's like six other broadcasts tonight. so Unbelievable. It's on me. So now I'm restarting even though I already started. You want to do me a favor? Let's have some fun here. Who should we call and, and get an, as an impromptu guest on the show? Will. Will Graves? Call Will. See if he wants to come on with me for the next 10 minutes. I got skipped out. Oh, boy. Now I'm burping. We, I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. My buddy who works in radio in Philadelphia texts me. He says, when Joe takes the DVE morning show job, can I have his job? And I said, maybe you can take my job because of today's performance. We had strung together seven great radio programs. And the first hour of today's show was fine. And now we're just treading water, fledgling. It's a total disaster. And I do wonder what has happened to our fair Jerry Dulac. Because he needs to get his last sponsor in. We got Will, or we got Jerry? It's Will? Okay, we put him through. Will, hello. I'm always ready at your beck and call, my man. What the hell is going on today? Oh, my God. Graves joins us here from the Associated Press. Uh, Will, I was supposed to have Bill Peduto on, and he canceled but never told me he was canceling, so that kind of (laughs) sucks. And then Jerry Dulac was supposed to come on, and he's not on either. And so I said, hey, Joe, who do you think we should call? Because I don't feel like talking by myself right now. And, well, here comes Will Graves (laughs) to save me. I suppose I should ask you a question now, yes? Uh, Yeah, sure. Is it pronounced Finkner or Feekner? I thought it was Fickner. Fickner? Yeah, like the actor. All I know is he's going to do a much better job than Todd Haley, right? 
Uh, I'm sure that's how it's going to sound coming from certain camps that may be influential in the uh, personnel process. Well, I'll put it this way: you know, oh, we got a better we got a better chance of hearing Randy, Randy Fickner's name during Ben's uh, Hall of Fame speech than Todd Haley. Let's put it that way. Now that's a point that I can get behind. Uh, well, this is the day that Randy Fickner or Finkter or Fickner will be the most popular. Yes, it is all downhill from here. Yeah, I mean, I will say this. I mean, there is sort of a, uh, a, a you know, out the, our interactions with the assistant coaches are pretty limited. Uh, but you know, Randy's a pretty folksy kind of guy, and I, I don't think he. There's not a lot of gloss to him, which is a good thing, and, and he's smart. I mean, let's be honest, any kid with a Madden controller thinks you can score 50 points a game with the Steelers offense, right? That's what so, I've always thought. Right. So, I mean, I, I certainly think that that is part of the, uh, you know, that he will be held to that standard, but I imagine that the criticism internally will be a little bit harsher. You could literally, I, I imagine if the exact same results are had next year, I'm talking to the point total, to the yardage total, the rankings, or whatever, I imagine the praise for the offensive coordinator internally will be infinitely higher because he's a nicer dude. Will, I'm going to let you go now because we got Jerry Dulac and you have been used. Did you just get bumped me for Dulac? Ah, give me a break. You just got used, my friend. Goodbye. Or I could have both of you on at the same time. What do you think about that? I think he's gone. I think he hung up. I think we've angered Will Graves. Jerry Dulac now. Of the... You've offended him, Adam. I've offended him, and I'm about to offend you, too, by accident. Uh, Jerry, of course, brought to us by Coors Light, proudly served at Chupka's 2 Cafe on the south side, featuring five Coors Lights for $14 during all Penguins games. We have Mayor, Mayor Bill Peduto coming up in 15 minutes now. All right, so, the mayor. You're so, not, you're gonna, you can bump me for the mayor anytime you want. Well, so here's the thing, Jerry. I've been incessantly bitching for the entirety of the show that the mayor blew us off without telling us that he blew us off, and then right after I did that the loudest, I get a text from the communications woman, who seems very nice, and she says, you can have the mayor in 15 minutes, and she put it to me that way. So, great. Uh, this is why we bring you in, though, because you can class this thing up a little bit. Uh, well, the mayor mayor will do that, too, but go right ahead. That's a good point by you. Uh, Jerry, uh, Randy Fickner becomes now the uh, offensive coordinator, and he remains the quarterback coach for the Steelers. Uh, what's expected to change? I, I realize it's early in the process here, but uh, how different should we think the offense is going to be? Yeah, I don't think it'll be different at all, Adam, uh, for a number of reasons. One, because the offense they uh, they employ works. That's a proven fact. Um, and, you know, the terminology not going to change. That's one of the positives of of prom- from uh, of promoting from within. You don't have to worry about an outsider coming in and, and maybe changing things uh, to suit uh, his terminology. That's what happened with Todd Haley when he came in. It takes some time. That's all. There's a transition. But also, um, you know, Randy Fittner has never been a coordinator in the NFL. So, And I'm sure while he has some things in the passing game, perhaps, that he would like to uh, employ, um, I, I just don't think it's going to be a whole lot different uh, for, than, than what we have seen because why would you change something that is, is uh, successful? So uh, I don't think you'll see a whole lot. It certainly won't be anything discernible for the most part, I don't imagine. Jerry, how bad was the relationship between Ben Roethlisberger and Todd Haley, from your understanding? Well, well let me let me say this, Adam. Um, uh, you know, Ben isn't real fond of anyone 
telling him what to do. And Todd was brought in to kind of, quote, uh, you know, uh, a sit on Ben a little bit. They felt maybe things were a tit- little too loosey-goosey with Bruce Arians, which really wasn't true, but that was their perception. And so what they wanted him to come in and do, uh, you know, both on the field and, and just kind of structurally, uh, he did. Um, you know, uh, but let me say this. It, it wasn't just all about Ben Roethlisberger. Part of what uh, uh, has hurt Todd over the years as a coach is the relationship he has with other coaches. Now, and, and let me preface all this by saying I like Todd a great deal, and on merit he didn't deserve to be let go. Um, but, uh, you know, there are, you know, the, the coaches that he works with uh, don't get along with him very well. Uh, ben and a few other players uh, don't exactly get along with him very well, but when one of them is the quarter, the $100 million quarterback, that's a big deal. So it was more about a personality thing with Todd uh, than anything else. And so, uh, you know, I, I, I certainly wouldn't think this is a case where Todd Haley went in, excuse me, where Ben went in and said, look, I, you know, I want you to get rid of Todd Haley and I'll play three more years, and they said, okay, that wasn't it at all. Uh, and so and to think that the Steelers are going to listen to Ben Roethlisberger as to how to run their team, uh, that's not going to happen either. Uh, but I think it was just a culmination of bad relationships all the way around that, uh, that ultimately did in Todd. Now, Jerry, uh, of course, Mike Munchak was up for consideration for the Arizona coach's job. Uh, I think this might be a little far-fetched, and I've kind of gone back and forth on this. The more I thought about it, though, maybe it makes some sense. Uh, is there? you think that there's anything to be read into that the day that Todd Haley does not have his contract renewed, that Mike Munchak says, ah, I think I'm going to stick around in Pittsburgh? Adam, I always said you were very good at math. And you added two and two, yeah. perhaps correctly, and got, okay, maybe not four, but four and a quarter or three and seven eighths. Um, I, I don't, I, you know, that was one of the, that was one of the other issues. But I think too, I will point up, there are other things that were involved with uh, Mike's decision, uh, that, um, you know, not to go forward. And, and Mike didn't tell me, uh, so I'm not going to repeat some of the things that were said to me was nothing major, nothing serious, nothing like that. But I just don't want to speak for Mike Munchak when he himself didn't tell me this. But I, I think that was that was another case of, of uh, you know, someone not getting along with Todd. And, and it, But, uh, you know, he might, as I said, he wasn't the only one if that were the case. Uh, and, and, and that reputation followed him before. That was the case in sure. Arizona. Um when, when Todd was fired in Kansas City um, and, and the owner of the Arizona Cardinals uh, toyed with the idea of bringing him back as the offensive coordinator because he was successful there, and he is. Todd is a very good offensive coordinator. Um, uh, but when that possibility was broached to Ken Wisenhunt and Ken Wisenhunt broached that possibility to some of his coaches, Several said if he comes back, they're leaving. And and we saw several Steeler coaches over the years leave to go back to the college ranks. And so I think you can surmise from all that that there are some issues in that regard. And, um, you know, it, it it's unfortunate for Todd because 
apparently it gets in the way uh, of, of, of the job that he does. Todd is a, is a disciple of Bill Parcells, and, and, that, and that management style is fine if you're the head coach, uh, but when you're not the head coach and don't have the final say, then sometimes uh, that, that brusque personality can get in the way. And, but like I said, I say all that, and I like Todd a great deal. Jerry Dulac of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette and the Steelers Radio Network joining me here on the Crowley Show. Uh, last thing here for you, Jerry. Uh, Mike Tomlin in his press conference on Tuesday said pretty much nothing for a little over 20 minutes. And uh, I'm very rarely bothered by Mike Tomlin. Uh, I think he's a very good coach, and this doesn't change that. But I think you could certainly make an argument that the Steelers got outcoached on Sunday. And it's almost as if he never wants to admit that anything that he does could have possibly been the wrong move. Uh, or anything that happens to the Steelers could be because they've done things the wrong way. Uh, I got that sense on Tuesday. When the media gets blamed for the distractions, when social media gets blamed for the distraction, I realize that social media is a problem, and I've had my own issues there. But I think that the players themselves mismanaging the social media creates the distraction. I don't think the media itself or social media can be blamed. Well, Adam, like I said, you're a perceptive uh, young man. and, and I I'm growing, agree, Jerry. I would agree with that uh, because, uh, you know, I have always maintained, and say this for Mike Tomlin, he is a man of conviction who believes in his beliefs. He does not apologize for anything. He does not back down. He, he's unwavering in, in what he does and, and what he says to defend it even when he is wrong or second-guessed. And he even acknowledges even the, 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 the flap uh, you know, over what he said about the New England Patriots to Tony Dungy. He defended that again, and he says he's unbothered by it. He could care less. Uh, he talked to you know, the onside kick. He said he defended that, which to, I talked to three former NFL head coaches, and they called that the most egregious mistake he made in that game. And that's saying a lot, and I couldn't agree more. And yet, he believes that what he did was right. He called it, hey, maybe my methods are unconventional, but I believe in action, and we know that whole blah, 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 blah. And so he does not back down from anything and does not apologize for anything. So you have to admire his conviction and his belief in what he does. Um, but you're never going it's, – it's, it's maddening and infuriating to, to the public and the Steeler fans who listen to that and think – you know, there's there's no mea culpa in there anywhere uh, uh, with Mike Tomlin. So, yeah, uh, I would agree with you. Jerry, appreciate you coming on all year, man. Thank you very much. And get out there, hit the links somewhere. Well, at, at it, right. Somewhere is right because it's not here. My regards to the mayor, and I will talk with you soon. All right, buddy. Thanks a lot. There he goes, Jerry Dulac. Brought to us by Coors Light. It's the last one. Proudly served at Chupka's 2 Cafe in the South Side, featuring five Coors Lights for $14 during all Penguins games. Amazon could be coming to Pittsburgh. They've narrowed the list to 20. Bill Peduto, the mayor, joins us next. It's the Crowley Show. No? How about Big Ben's book of passive-aggressive quotes? Replica Le'Veon Bell franchise tags? Of course, you'd have to retire as soon as you get it. I'm out. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. I do wonder, though, why they reduce it from the big number. It was like 300 
down to 20. What more are you going to learn about Boston, New York, Newark, Philadelphia, all the other cities that you didn't already know about them? Is this one of those circumstances where you've got cities bidding? I mean, you can't say you're going to pay money, but there's a lot that's looked into here. Business tax, of course. But what more of a case do these 20 towns need to make? Once they've all been vetted, shouldn't they just make the decision? Once they've all been vetted, shouldn't that become the city where they have the headquarters? I would think so. Here's Toronto's Amazon pitch. They said the Toronto region is home to the most thriving arts, culture, sport, and entertainment scene in the country. From the bustle of the urban core to the sprawling countryside and everything in between, the Toronto region offers something everyone. We love it here. So will you. We are also fun. That's the best. Pittsburgh, we are also fun. Blake tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. How about some Bell Joint Blunt Roaches? Hashtag Amazon. That's illegal here. Now, maybe out in Seattle, out in Washington, their original headquarters. Yeah, I nailed nice. that one. Nice. This is what I always worry about. I always worry about when we give the phone number instead of us getting the phone number to call the guest. Because then I fall mercy to their schedule. And you probably should when it comes to the mayor. He's important. President was around today, too. Donald J. Trump. He was around. I don't know if the president and the mayor said hello or anything like that. So we wait. Whilst we wait, sports talk. 412-922-2874. Tweet me, at underscore Adam Crowley. I feel bad for Graves. He tweeted, did you just get dumped not once but twice? Call me. Then, try to bail out your failing show. You bump me. Bruh, you best protect your neck. I'm sorry, Graves. You know what, Joe? Call Graves right now. Call Graves right now because we don't have the mayor. And then we'll dump Will the second that we get Peduto. I think that's the way we need to approach the rest of this show. Anytime we need help, we call Graves, and then we cut him off whenever we're done with him. We'll get Will Graves and the Associated Press on. He'll be the warm-up act for Mayor Bill Potato. <laughs> Bill Peduto. We got Tim Benz of Trib coming up at 6 o'clock. I can't believe Bill Peduto got all twisted in my mouth and almost came out Bill Potato. He's busy. He's writing something. Oh, did he say F you? Rhetorically, yeah. Call him again. Call him again. Who else is callable? Who else is a good enough friend of the show to call him up and screw with them the same way we just messed with Will? Do you remember my grandma's phone number I sent you the other day? Yeah. Call her up. We'll use my grandma until we hear from the mayor. Because I haven't gotten her thoughts on cuts yet or the Steelers. Blake tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. Smashed Gatorade jug signed by AB. Hashtag Amazon. I thought mine were better. But you're just a snowflake. 
Joe, you can put the dial tone through, too, because it's my grandmother. And I want her to not hear your voice. That would scare her. Just pot her through. Oh, boy. She's going to refuse. I didn't want to tell her she was going to be on the air. Joe's screwing the whole thing up. Oh, this might be the mayor. I suppose I hadn't thought of that. We've got the mayor. We've got my grandma. <laughs> okay. Grandma, how are you? Oh, I'm sitting here watching the news. Well, I love you. I love you too, Adam. Are you pissed off about the McCutcheon trade? I am really pissed off. I cried. I don't want Cutch to leave, and I don't want Cole to leave. Uh, what are they doing to us? It's awful, right? It's awful. I I, I just don't even feel like watching the Pirates now if Cutch isn't on there. I probably wouldn't watch either, Grandma. That's exactly what I'm doing. I'm not going to watch anymore. Oh, you have to. That's your job, isn't it? I might just watch the Indians. <laughs> you're, you're funny, Adam. No, I... Does he have to go? Yeah, they're gone. They're both gone now. And then the Steelers I, lose. It was a really bad weekend. It was uh, such a bad weekend. I was so upset... Uh, and then with the weather being so terrible and everything, it I just didn't have a good weekend, no. Which made you more upset, the Steelers' loss or the Pirates' trades? The Pirates' trade. Really? Mm-hmm. I wanted the Steelers to win in a worse way. But catch, he said last year that he don't want traded. He wants to retire in Pittsburgh. He did. He named his, he named his daughter Steel. Yeah, he 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 said he want he, he loves Pittsburgh. This is his home, and he wants to retire here. And now they're making him leave, and I don't think that's fair. I thought it should be up to him. It's unfortunate it doesn't work that way. And then at least they'll pay him in San Francisco, right? He wasn't going to get paid here, so at least you can feel better for him that way. Yeah, I feel better for him that way, but. It won't. It it won't seem like the the pirates. It won't really won't without cut. That's a great point. What about the Steelers though? Whose fault was it? Do you think that they lost on Sunday? Uh, third. <laughs> I mean, they come, hey, they come back good. They, they did. Back. They really did. I mean, look how far they were down, and I thought for sure they were going to do it again. They do it every other time, you know. But what went wrong? I can't understand. See, I don't, I don't understand the sidekick and all that kind of stuff. I, I don't. Oh, all oh the, the onside that. kick. Yeah. They probably should have. They should have kicked it deep, Grandma. That way, that the uh, that way, then Jacksonville couldn't have kicked a field goal. Um, yeah. And then they would have had an opportunity there to score and tie the game. And they, and I was so surprised they did it. And we would have probably won the game I think if so. they wouldn't have, you know. And that's what really pissed me off. Why, they took the chance before of going for two points. Why didn't they, why didn't they take this chance of uh, going again and trying to win the game so they wouldn't have the ball back? I know. It was a disaster. I love you, Grandma, though. Just wanted to say hi. We'll talk to you here soon, okay? Okay. I love you so much, Adam. Be Bye-bye. good. You too. That's my grandma. As we await the mayor.
Was that the mayor's office, Katie? Somebody just called my personal phone. Blake tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. Your grandma kicks ass. Yes, she does. The issue with having my grandma on live is that sometimes she gets pretty foul-mouthed. Not about life stuff, but about sports stuff. And she called my mom right after the Steelers lost. And she was in tears. And then after McCutcheon got traded, she was apoplectic. Up next, Tim Menz, Mayor Peduto. Okay, we got the mayor. We got the mayor right now. We're gonna we're gonna keep it here. This show has been a train wreck, but we like train wrecks here on the Crowley Show. We don't mind it. We don't mind when there's chaos. We don't mind when things are bizarre. We don't mind when we have Will Graves, Jerry Dulac, my grandmother, and then Bill Peduto all back to back to back to back on the show. And we do now have the mayor of Pittsburgh. He is Mayor Peduto, uh, Mister Peduto. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time today. I just wanted to make sure that your grandma is not upset at me about the road conditions. That's uh... She is not. Uh, she's only upset about the sports, and we'll get to that. But this is a big day for you, I think. Uh, it has to be, right, with Amazon announcing that Pittsburgh's in the top 20? I think it's a big day for Pittsburgh. It, it's uh, it said when we put in that application that, you know, the, 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 the actual final document was 30 years in the making it was uh it was 30 years of going through a depression working our way through it getting to a recession building out new industries 10 years ago we submit an application that's probably not looked at 10 years ago the president announces the g20 was coming to pittsburgh every year in the press room laughed no one's laughing anymore um it, it is a real competitive um time within this country, and Pittsburgh is back on uh, the stage when it comes to it. What was the process here? Uh, It does seem strange to me that they wouldn't just narrow it all the way down to the decision. Uh, They narrow it all the way down to now the final 20 cities. Uh, What goes into the narrowing down process, and what have you been told about why Pittsburgh now still stands? Well, we weren't given any additional information than the public was given. Okay. We were uh, sent the press release that went out simultaneously to the 20 cities and was posted on social media. So everyone got the same amount of information. They said now they're doing the deep dive, which uh, will include visits to the 20 cities. Uh, it's, it's a little too early to guess what they'll be looking at, but you have to imagine if you go through 238 uh, applications, you probably see a lot of different things that you like in them, and you'll want to see a city that can adapt and be flexible to be able to offer different components from different cities. So whatever we submitted is basically what got us in the door. What will get us to win this thing is our ability to be flexible and responsive and to be able to compete against the other cities. What gives you that faith that Pittsburgh can compete uh, against some of these other cities? I mean, Boston, New York, Philadelphia, big cities sure. across the country. Los Angeles, I mean, you're, you're Chicago. Toronto. So in Toronto, you're, you're looking at a couple of different variables. Number one, you want to be able, and they've really talked a lot about workforce development, to be able to create a pipeline of people to be able to fill these jobs. Uh, not necessarily just looking to import people, but having a homegrown base. We have that. And not only do we have it, but we have it in a way that allows us to compete against Austin and Boston. But here's the difference. 
you can't afford to live in those cities. And we have great affordability, one of the most affordable cities in the country that competes against other Rust Belt cities, but no Rust Belt cities other than, if you consider Columbus Rust Belt, made the cut. We're the only one. And then they're looking at different factors of quality of life and livability. And even though we're a smaller city, we have all the different things that big cities have, and we can offer those as well. And once you take those factors into account and you put the Pittsburgh narrative behind it, that story of how we built America and then we fell and then we brushed ourselves up and we stood up on our own again, that's something I think Amazon would want to brand itself around. And to look at ways where people are critical in Seattle and say, no, a company like this can come in and help the entire community and rebuild an entire community. I think that puts us in a, in a very unique position. Well, just that, uh, Mayor, uh, Bill Peduto joins us here on the Crowley Show. What would this bring to Pittsburgh? Uh, I mean, what would? how many jobs would it create? I mean, obviously, we're, we're still ahead in the process here, but what does this mean to this region, not just the city? Yeah, it's, it's, um, they, they're committed to 50,000 jobs um, over 17 years. And if you think about the city, we used to have 700,000 people who lived in it. Today we have about 310,000. So we have places for these people to live. In fact, Allegheny County used to have 1.6 million. We only have 1.2 million now. Mm. There's communities that would actually see growth that haven't seen anything for 50 years. It would increase our gross domestic product for what we're able to export out of here immensely. It would add to our tax rolls and the opportunities to build new schools fix our bridges and roads, hire people who we need to be in critical public safety positions, and provide Pittsburgh not only with those $50,005 billion worth of investment, but all the spinoff effects of smaller businesses and up the food chain and technology that would come here as well. It is the single biggest economic development proposal potentially in American history. And... Because of that, uh, and and because of I mean the sheer size of, of just the physical brick and mortar location, where where would this be built? I mean, how yeah. how far have the thoughts gone there? Well, the, the, the whole proposal had to be submitted with all of that information down to the cost per square foot, and because unlike some other cities, we're not dealing with public land; we're dealing with privately owned land and private developers. That information would not have been. Uh, given to us, and if we would not have been able to even be in this position if it were made public. Those companies that own that land have requirements for how much per square foot, the infrastructure needs, of all this other information that they don't want their competitors knowing. So the, the areas of development that were submitted within the city are areas where there's large areas of land, um, that's ready for development, that's primed and ready to go. And we sort of presented it as a menu. Here's the different options. Here's the bigger areas where major development could happen. Here's smaller areas where different things could happen and presented them with uh, a, a full array of options to meet what they were asking for in the proposal. Uh, Mayor Bill Peduto joining us here on the Crowley Show. Uh, all right, now moving off the Amazon thing. How many times have you seen Cheap Trick? Because I heard you've seen them a lot. Uh, it's definitely over 15, probably somewhere between 15 and 20. 
I don't know why Joe, our producer, he knows everybody's musical secrets, and he told me to ask you that question. He didn't tell me why, but he told me to ask you the question. Let me, so let's tell Joe this: I, I actually traveled to Boulder, Colorado, where my buddy was living back in the '90s to see them at the Fox Theater. First night, the first album complete. Second night, the second album complete. Third night, the third album complete. Complete all before Budokan, and um, got. Since we bought all three in the VIP package, got to meet up back then. Uh, last thing here for you, uh, Mayor Bill Peduto joining me here on the Crowley Show. Can, can we make Bob Nutting sell the team? Can we make this happen? So there have been so many people on Twitter who are very, very serious about this in asking me to go through the lease to find out if there were any conditions that were presented since the use of public money was involved that would require um, a performance basis. And there aren't. Um, you know, I'm a lifelong Pirates fan, and I, I feel exactly how everyone else feels. Um, at the very times that it seemed like we were right at the door, we didn't see what other small market teams saw, which was that big investment. And now with the contracts coming up, all we're seeing is another five-year or seven-year plan. You know, it's, at some point you gotta you got to just – say this is the team we're going to go out we're going to get that left-handed pitcher we're going to go out we're going to get the left fielder it seems like even when we were really close we never did that nope uh really appreciate the time uh thanks for everything that you've done and uh, hopefully this all winds up working out when when do you have any idea when this would be announced uh, how long that process is going to take they they were very vague about sure. it when we spoke to them back in um october they said 2018 so we, we've got some time to put together the uh, the next proposal. Everything that we've done so far, it's just like making the playoffs. Uh, it doesn't guarantee you anything. Uh, one thing I, I would ask, uh, just from your callers, what was the thing that angered them the most? Because there's a lot of angry Yinzers. Was it the time management in the last minute, <laughs> the onside kick, the McCutcheon trade, the Cole trade, or the streets in Pittsburgh? Streets in Pittsburgh are up there. Uh, streets in Pittsburgh, that, that's happening. Uh, we, we have people irritated about that, but I would say number one far and away, probably Andrew McCutcheon. Yeah, because he was such a part of the city. No doubt about it. Thanks a lot, Mr. Perdue.